In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be. Amen. Every generation has its greats, has its bright, shining lights, has its luminaries. And this, this one does as well. Believe it or not, there are still people who live holy lives in this day and age. And then when they depart from this temporary life with the hope of the resurrection, they pray for those of us who remain, that we might uh, receive inspiration from them and become like shining lights in a dark world as well. One of those bright lights came to his blessed repose last night at about 10 p.m., We lost the elder Ephraim from St. Anthony's Monastery, founder of about, I think, 16 monasteries in the United States and spiritual child of uh, St. Joseph the Hesychast, known until last month as Elder Joseph, who many of us love dearly as well because of his earthly, earthy uh, counsels, his grit, and his prayer and his serious struggle against um, sin and the passions. And I wanted to, I was thinking about talking about love as inspired by today's epistle reading. And when I found out that the elder Ephraim had passed, I dug into one of his books of homilies and I decided I'd give you one of his homilies today. He has... um, a beautiful homily from his book, The Art of Salvation, called Love, the National Anthem of Paradise. And I couldn't have done it better myself. So I'm going to share this homily with you. I remind you that there's always something for you to take away from every teaching and from every homily. There's always something. So be attentive and be aware. What is it? What is, it that, what is that word that I need to hear today? What is it that I need to take with me this week and carry with me in in order to nourish me, in order to kindle the flame of my light that it might shine as I enter my own mission field this week? The homily goes like this. My beloved brothers and sisters, God is love. He who abides in love abides in God and God in him thunders St. John the Evangelist, the Apostle of Love. Love is the most beautiful flower within the Garden of Virtues, which collectively comprise the bouquet of discretion. It is the most vivid color within the rainbow of heaven. It is the most gracious, precious pearl on the crown of faith. It is the key that opens all the doors of human relations. It is the medicine that cures every illness of the soul and body. It is the national anthem of paradise. A certain saint would pray with these words, O Lord, allow me to help others, not for others to help me. Give me the strength to love, not to be loved. Give me the strength to be understanding, not to be understood. Love the way it was taught by our Lord, not the way it is distorted by people, 
is an expression of sacrifice. It is a sweet-smelling spiritual aroma. It is an expression of the heart. It is an offering that issues from a merciful soul. Love is not measured by what you give, but according to how you give. Love is not stretching out your hand only, but giving your heart as well. If you know how to share with others, then you know how to love. For God loves a cheerful giver, declares the Apostle Paul. God loves the merciful person who gives eagerly with a cheerful face and on his own accord. Alms offered with sorrow and reluctance are unacceptable and are spurned. The root of charity is found in the heart. It originates from the heart and ends in the palm of our hands. Charity transmits warmth to others when the fire of love coexists. Alms without love is frigid and oppressive. It is a dead corpse void of sun and light. It is a flower lacking beauty and fragrance. When someone gives without love, he is actually offering an insult. For what value does the most exquisite and expensive gift have when it's offered without a genuine smile? Jesus asked us to pay close attention to the subject of alms. He condemned prideful almsgiving that is set on display. The saints have emphatically instructed us on this issue. The extraordinary and marvelous manner by which St. Nicholas helped the three poverty-stricken girls has left its mark in history, not due to the amount of money that he gave, which certainly was noteworthy, but primarily for the discreet way in which he gave it. St. John Chrysostom states that hunger is a terrible thing. It can sometimes blind a person and lead him to act improperly. Such was the case for these three young ladies. They were in danger of being led to immorality, for their father had reached a state of hopelessness. However, St. Nicholas, who was full of love and discretion, rushed to his aid at the appropriate moment. He took every precaution for his virtuous work to take place in secret and to remain unknown to people. He implemented the Lord's commandment, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Wasting no time, he filled the satchel with gold coins and carefully approached their home late at night. He tossed the valuable package into the house through an open window and quickly left. In the morning, the girl's father could hardly believe his eyes when St. Nicholas learned that the father used the money as a dowry to marry off his first daughter. He went back and threw another bag of gold into the house in the same way. The poor father offered heartfelt gratitude and praise to the good Lord. Thus, he married off his second daughter. Nevertheless, he wanted to discover the identity of his benefactor. He had a feeling that he would return a third time so he remained awake late at night, listening for the sound that would betray his benefactor. He was prepared to run, to catch, and discover the good person who had saved him and his daughters. And this is indeed what occurred. The compassionate saint who loved the poor was unable to hide during his third secret attempt. As the father raced behind St. Nicholas, 
He recognized him and thanked him for saving three souls from immorality. St. Nicholas spoke to him with much love and adjured him not to mention this event to anyone. St. John the Merciful, the great and unmatched laborer of love, would study the lives of the saints extensively. He was particularly impressed with the life of St. Serapion of Sidon, whom he revered greatly. St. John frequently related the following event from his life. Once, St. Serapion, who was renowned for his asceticism and poverty, encountered an extremely poor man. He felt so sorry for him that he removed his cloak and gave it to the poor person. As he continued along his way, he saw another person who was quivering in the cold. What could he do? Without delay, he removed his remaining garment and offered it to his fellow man. He was left in a state of undress, only holding the gospel in his hands. An acquaintance of his who saw him without clothes asked in surprise, Holy man of God who left you bare. This did, he said, as he pointed to the Holy Gospel. It was not long before he sold even the Gospel in order to offer the money to the underprivileged. One of his disciples asked him, Father, where did the small Gospel go that you used to have? Didn't the Lord say, sell your belongings and give to the poor? He replied, This is the commandment I obeyed. I realized that I shouldn't even spare this book that contains the Lord's commandments, but rather sell it in favor of the poor. A certain man of God stated, Each soul who is overcome with love is already a reflection of God. Love both contains and transmits light. It is simultaneously a carrier and an emitter of light. He who loves his brother abides in light, says the Holy Apostle John. The closer a person comes to God, the more enlightened and radiant he becomes. The more a person loves God, the more he loves others. Have you seen your brother? Then you've seen God, remarks St. Isaac the Syrian. Truly, what good it is, excuse me, truly, what good is it to conquer the universe if we cannot conquer our brothers with love? What good is it to explore and discover new galaxies if we do not succeed in finding the star of Bethlehem, that is, the God of love? What new cosmos are we expecting the telescopes to show us if we remain ignorant of the new commandment of love. Without love, all things are pointless, ugly, and futile. What misfortune for us to lack love, exclaimed St. Tikhon of Zidansk. All of man's works and achievements acquire value only when they are accompanied by love. Love, however, demands discretion. And discretion, in turn, is an art. If you're unfamiliar with the art of love, then you do not know how to love. Love overlooks the flaws of our brother. Love overlooks the flaws of our brother. It forgives mistakes. It tolerates bad habits. 
It gives way to obstinacy. It avoids criticism. It is oblivious to sarcasm. It disperses suspicions. It does not accept slander. It does not pass judgment or debase others publicly. It covers all shortcomings in a polite and brave manner. Love suffers long in its kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. It thinks no evil. Thunders the Apostle Paul. Love through its simplicity and sincerity is unaware of evil. It is crystal clear like water from a pristine lake. No fierce wave of evil or deceit can disturb it. The person who loves is the greatest victor in the spiritual battle. He wins using a smile and kindness. In other situations, to yield constitutes a defeat. However, concessions made on account of love are a victory. St. Gregory the theologian advises, Let us win using compassion. The trophies of love are glorious. The crowns of compassion are invaluable. Let us not forget that every great love is a crucified love. It carefully walks up all the steps leading to Golgotha. It feels pain, just as Christ suffered while on the cross. Each offering demands sacrifice, and every sacrifice is valuable. Whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward, promises the Lord. Love conducts itself with discretion and kindness toward the person who is hungry, who is thirsty, who is a stranger, who is neglected, who is imprisoned, toward every suffering soul. People who are in jail are also our brothers. That's why the divine apostle Paul orders, remember the prisoners as if chained with them. We should feel as if we are confined to jail with them. The same holds true for various sorrows afflicting our brothers. We should share in their sorrow as if it were our own. Someone stated the following, The pain in this world is so vast. If you were to collect the tears that are shed each day from the human eyes, you would find yourself before the largest river on earth. Love must not be implemented only when it is time to rejoice with those who rejoice, but it must also weep with those who weep. Each nation has its own national anthem, and so does Christianity. It has the anthem of love, which the great apostle to the nations, Paul, has expressed in a most exquisite manner in the 13th chapter of his first epistle to the Corinthians. May this sweet and melodious hymn constantly be on our lips and on our soul. Amen.